Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Josh. Thank you for Don and Jackie. Thank you for this time we've had to get to know them, for them to get to know us, and for you to teach us through them, for us to be imparted to what you're doing through them in this ministry uh, in Mexico, based in Mexico and all over the world. Lord, we open our ears to hear what you have to say through Josh tonight. We open our hearts to receive it. And we pray a blessing over him and we honor him as he comes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for this time we get to have together. Thank you for one more just evening in your presence, Lord. Let your fire fall on us in a new way in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you tonight about what it means to, to walk by faith and to live by faith. What does it mean to, to really live by faith? You know, faith, we talk about faith and we think of it kind of as some ethereal concept that, okay, faith and the Bible, we know the Bible says, have faith. But what is faith really? What does it mean to really walk by faith? What does it mean? What does it actually mean in our daily lives to live by faith? Hebrews chapter 11 says the righteous will live by faith. So how does it, how do we actually live by faith? And I was contemplating um, recently the story of when the disciples were in the boat and they saw Jesus walking on the water. And I want to share with you, and then there's some things that I think the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. So go with me to the book of Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says this, said immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while they dismissed the crowds and after he had dismissed the crowds he went up on the mountain by himself to pray when evening had come he was there alone but the boat by this time was a long way away from the land beaten by the waves for the winds were against them and the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, and he said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. When he saw the wind, he was afraid, and the people and he began to uh, and 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 began to sink. He cried out and said, "Lord, save me!" And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, "Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?" And when they had gotten into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." So I want to talk a, bit, a little bit about what it means to live by faith. What does it mean to walk by faith? I think this is one of the, the, the clearest pictures of what it means to walk by faith. Because if you think about the, the, the very definition of walking by faith, that's what Peter was doing that night. That's what Jesus was doing, walking by faith. So here we see Jesus, and he sends the disciples away. And it's interesting because he sends them into a storm. We think about oftentimes when we face the storms in our life, we say, oh, the devil, oh, the devil. No, I'm not talking about sickness. I mean, the sickness is from the devil. The Bible says 
Enemy came, thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm talking about the moments in our life, the, the crisis, the situations, the times of turmoil. We've talked the last few days about Kairos. I, I didn't know, Don and I didn't know, we didn't plan the Kairos one and two thing. I found out, that, I found out this afternoon on Facebook that we did Kairos one and two. We didn't, we didn't prepare that exactly, but the Holy Spirit did. But Jesus oftentimes sends us into the storms, sends us into the chaos, and we find ourselves in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a chaos, looking around going, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Jesus went up to pray, and then Jesus goes and begins to walk on the water. I, my personal opinion is I think Jesus was just, he saw him in the storm, and I think he was just going to go on and keep walking and meet them on the other side. But they saw him. And when they saw him, I love their reaction because they looked at him and they said, it's a ghost. Isn't it funny how we automatically attribute anything supernatural to being something demonic? And things we don't understand, oftentimes we attribute those to being, uh, being something demonic when the reality is they just didn't discern that that was something that Jesus could actually do. Sometimes when God will speak to us and he will encounter us, he'll put us in a place where we are forced to look at him in a different way than we ever have before and we'll encounter him because we are at the place of our weakness. And when we see him in that place, we see him in that power, we have no grid for what we're seeing him do. Anyone ever been in a place like that? Walking by faith actually means being willing to walk into the storm being willing to walk into the chaos and looking and seeing Jesus. Now, think about this. Jesus was walking on the water. He was walking uh, in a supernatural way. Just the word supernatural. I love that word because it means super. Let me break the word down. Really simple. Super natural. In Spanish, it's sobrenatural. Above natural is how it is in, in Spanish. And in English, it's super, meaning a superior reality above something superior to that which is natural so you see jesus walking supernaturally above literally on top of the water above that which is natural and as he walks on the water the disciples see him and i love peter because i i I can imagine peter think about this for a minute peter he thinks as he's speaking He's a verbal processor. You can, I can see it clearly in the scripture. I'm a verbal processor. I don't always know what I'm thinking until I hear myself say it. Verbal processes were that way. And, we, and Peter looks out and he says, if it's you, call me to come out to you. And I can imagine at that moment he thought, what on earth have I done? He may, I don't think he really thought it through. I think he's standing there. He says, Lord, if it's you, call me out. And he went, oh, my goodness. And I can imagine all the other disciples. What, Peter, what are you thinking? You've done some stupid things, but this is something. And then Jesus takes him up on it. says, come on out. And this is the beauty of of the faith of Peter. And this is the kind of faith that you're going to need if you're going to walk in the power of God. He climbs out of the boat. And here's the thing. He was a fisherman. He knew very well (laughs) that you get out of the boat in a storm and you're going to die. But yet he climbs out of the water, or climbs into the water, steps down, and suddenly finds that he's walking on the water. Now, here's the thing. This is, many believers take that first step 
of walking by faith and they receive Christ. The thing is, everything about our walk with Christ is supernatural. We're born again supernaturally. And oftentimes, when we get born again, we decide to follow Jesus, and suddenly we find ourselves walking with him, living in a way we've never lived before. But then all of a sudden, the realization hits us after we're about 20 yards from the boat. You look behind, and you're like, oh, what have I done? That's what happened to Peter. He steps out, steps into the call, steps into the darkness, steps into the realm of the supernatural. And as he does, he looks around and he goes, oh, what have I done? Because he saw the winds and he saw the waves. And as he saw the winds and the waves, he became distracted and his focus was no longer on Jesus. If you're going to walk in the power of the supernatural, if you're going to walk and follow Jesus into that storm that is the supernatural, that is the depth of his presence, you must know to never take your eyes off Jesus. I'll tell you, there's been some moments where I think the, this charismatic move of the Holy Spirit, the charismatic churches have gotten a little off because we've gotten distracted by the signs and wonders and miracles and the gold dust and the glory and the things that happen and we've taken our eyes off Jesus at times. It's a real danger because oftentimes, even in the atmosphere of the glory and the fire and the supernatural, it's easy to get our eyes distracted and take our eyes off Jesus and look around and go, wow. You can get distracted either by the winds and the waves or you can actually also get distracted by the glory and the fire and even the anointing and the fame. Turn your eyes to look at other things and suddenly you find yourself sinking down because no longer are you walking in the supernatural anymore. You're no longer walking in that power because you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. Walking in the supernatural means being willing to be a fool in the eyes of the world and even a fool in your own eyes. There's been moments where the Lord's asked me, he's called me out. I remember one time I was in South Sudan and I was in this one village um, and they had, uh, we, we'd been going and preaching and I came to a bar. There was this bar area and people were drinking inside and I just felt this boldness come on, to, on, on me and I walked into the bar and I said, everybody out. <laughs> I've never done that before. And I said, everybody out. People, drunks were pouring out of there like what they've never seen a white guy before and all of a sudden here's a white guy and i don't think they really even understood me but i'm just walking and they're kind of coming out and i go in i start preaching to them and they're looking at me like bloodshot eyes kind of trying to figure out what what is going on who is this guy and i you know i begin to preach preach to him and I say is anyone sick and one man says he was sick with malaria laid hands on the power of god hit him and the pain left. He had malaria. Malaria gives you headaches and body aches and fever, pain, fever left instantly. And they looked at me. I said, I said, is anyone ready to receive Jesus? And they were all kind of looking around. They all had beer bottles in their hands and they were kind of looking around awkwardly. And finally, one of them said, you need to go pray for the, the old, the old uh, blind lady. I said, sure. Where is she? And they pointed down the way. They thought they'd gotten rid of me. And so we uh, went with some of the School, a student from the Bible school, we went down to this, not our Bible school, this was back in when I was working with another group, and we go to this house, and there was this woman who had, uh, she'd had a stroke, and she was blind, and she was deaf, and she couldn't speak, and she was laying on a mat, um, and she'd been that way for many years, 
and her family had taken care of her. They'd changed her. They'd dressed her. They'd done everything for her. Um, she'd lost all of her children during the war. And when she got news of, of whatever had happened, uh, she'd had a stroke and had lost her ability to speak, lost her ability to hear, and just completely like a vegetable there. And the family took care of her. She could eat, but that was it. So we gathered around her and we began to pray. And I wasn't working with a, with a spirit-filled organization or church at that time. These guys had been taught in a certain way. The funny thing is they were all mostly Pentecostals, but they were being trained at the Baptist seminary there. And so they'd been taught a certain way of how to do things. So they gathered around her. They tried to lead her to Jesus, but how could they lead her to Jesus when she couldn't hear them? How could she confess Jesus when she couldn't speak? And so they were trying to lead her to Jesus, and the family was just sitting there. They were not particularly happy we were there, I think. And they tried to lead the family to Jesus, and one of the brothers leaned over to me and he said, let's, let's just pray a blessing over their home. Let's pray for God to comfort the family and let's go. And I just felt this boldness rise up inside of me. And I said, no, Jesus never prayed a prayer like that. Jesus never prayed just a prayer of just comfort. Oh, God bless this poor little paralyzed person. Let's go on to the next more important thing. Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead and he cast out the demon. And I said, I think we should at least try to do the same. And so we came to this lady, and they got out of my way. They just said, okay, Kawaja, white man, you go for it. And so they, they left me. I, I was like all of a sudden the only one that was, they all kind of got away. They didn't want to be associated with anything weird or anything crazy. They didn't want to lose their scholarships. And so I went and laid hands on this, this lady. And all of a sudden she starts to speak. And she couldn't speak before, so I figured that was probably a good sign. And I asked one of the students to interpret it because he spoke the, her dialect. And she said, he's like, she, she sang that her head popped. I'm like, I guess that's good. And she said, she, she can hear now and she can, she, can, uh, she can speak now. I said, I asked her, I said, can you stand up? Can you sit or can you sit up? She said, no. So I grabbed her arms. I said, sit up anyway. And I sat her up. And she's there, her little muscles were atrophied, and she was just completely, she'd been on the bed for, for years. Laid hands on her, prayed for her. We prayed again. I said, can you stand? She said, no. I said, stand up anyway. So I picked her up like that, and there was enough of us. We could hold her. We weren't going to drop her. So we just picked her up, and she's standing there, shaky, little, shaky legs. Her, arm, her legs were like, like twigs. They're just no muscle. We laid hands on her legs. And by that point, the students had forgotten that they were, they didn't believe in that. And they now believed in it. They were right there with me. They were praying fire and glory and, and praying in tongues, some of them. And so we're laying hands on this lady's leg and her little legs were straight. And I felt the muscles grow strong. I, mean, I never felt anything like it. And her legs were shaky and all of a sudden legs just stand. Legs just, she could stand straight. And I said, can you walk? And here's when there was a shift. She said, yes, I can. In her dialect, she said, yes, I can. She starts taking a step like that. And I realized in that moment, she, she's still blind. And I said, okay, let, let's, let's pray for your eyes. So I laid hands on her eyes, take my hands off her eyes, and she opens her eyes like that. And they had gone from white to, they were, they were a normal color. And she looks at me and she says in Arabic, she says, you're, you're a white man. <laughs> and I said, yes, don't hold it against me. I didn't know. I just, I just said, Yes. But she looked and she said, and she could see, and she starts describing what she could see, and this and this, and talking, and her family is standing there in awe, completely shocked about what just happened. And we turn and we begin to preach to the family. The whole family gives their life to the Lord. 
And word of this begins to spread in the village. And that night we're holding a crusade. And it just suddenly sounded like a bar fight broke out in the crusade. Uh, in, the, in one corner, there was just people, loud people screaming and, and shouting and things like that, which was not typical for that particular group. And I came out. I was in a different area. I walked up. I'm like, what is going on here? And all the drunks from the bar. <laughs> that had heard about the miracle came and they're like, we want to get saved. We want to get saved. See, walking by faith oftentimes means we step into a situation where we, ha- we know completely that we are into something that's way over our head. If you want to live by faith, you need to be willing to live completely comfortable with the fact that you're going to be very uncomfortable at times. Walking in faith, walking by faith means that you're willing to step out of the boat. And that first step is hard, but sometimes it's about 20 steps down the road that you start to recognize, what have I gotten myself into? I remember one time, I'm going to share a few stories if that's okay. I was in Haiti, and we were doing a crusade there, and we were ministering. God had been doing miracles, and this uh, there was a, blind people had been getting healed. I think we saw like th- four or five blind people that got healed. And this uh, one lady comes up, and little old grandmother comes up, and she uh, she asks for prayer, and her eyes were white. She hadn't been able to see for years, and so I go and lay hands on her just like I'd done before, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and He says, "Spit in her eyes." Hey. I said, like Peter on the boat, actually what I said is, I don't do that. (laughs) And then I proceeded to rebuke the devil, because I thought, this can't be God. And then I remembered, oh yeah, Jesus did that. And I laid hands on her eyes, and be healed in Jesus' name. (laughs) Nothing happened. The Holy Spirit speaks again and says, spit in her eyes. said, no. Spit, I laid a hand, oh, in the name of Jesus, spit in her eyes. No. Finally, after this round of five or six times, I finally said, fine, I'll do it. I was, I was not happy about it. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I swear, I'm thinking, they're going to, these people are going to beat me to death if I spit in some grandmother's eyes. That's, that would be, it's horrible. And so I just kind of bend over like I'm really heavy in the spirit and just spit in my hand real fast and just touch your eyes. Real quick, I don't think anyone saw me. Laid hands on her eyes, and they're like all these people. There's cameras there and everything. I just lay hands on her eyes. And I said, there, I did it. And I take my hands off her eyes, and she opens her, eye, her eyes. She says, light, light, I see light, I see light. God healed her. In that moment, everybody else was shouting and dancing. They picked her up carried her around the stadium and I fell on my knees and repented because of my horrible attitude. See, sometimes walking by faith means being willing. Now, I, I want to add a disclaimer here. I am not advocating you go spit in anybody's eyes. Please don't let that be the only takeaway you, you get from this sermon. I'm not advocating you do that unless you know that you know that you know that it's God. But sometimes there are moments in our life where God calls us and speaks to us and says, You're going to do something that is supernatural, but it's going to require faith that requires you to step out of the boat of the comfort of what you know, to step into a realm that you've never experienced before. 
walking by faith, walking with Christ, by, its ver- by the very nature of walking with him, involves that kind of faith of living beyond that which we know. But what do we do once we're out there, we're living that walk? We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. See, Jesus, the book of Hebrews says, is the author and the finisher of our faith. That he is the author of our faith, meaning he is the one who calls us out into that supernatural walk. He's the one who calls us. He's the one who's the author. But he also is the one who knows the end from the beginning. And if we focus our eyes, we fix our eyes on Jesus, and we don't get distracted to the right or to the left, then it gives us the ability to walk in a way that where everyone looks around and says, that's impossible. How can that be? It is possible when we keep our eyes on Jesus. You see, what I believe the Holy Spirit is calling each of you, each of us to do is to be willing to step out of that, step out of our comfort zone and follow Jesus into the realm of the, of the unknown, into the realm of the uncomfortable. Walking by faith means leaving behind that which we think we know and that which we think we can trust in. To step out into something that we know defies the, the laws of, I mean, at that point, defying the laws of gravity is what Peter was doing. Laws of gravity said Peter should have sunk like a stone. But as we step out into the realm of the supernatural, everything about the, super, the Christian life is supernatural. And when we walk with him, when we walk with our eyes fixed firmly on him, he will then be able to keep us above the chaos of this world around us. I feel like we're supposed to do something. We talked, talked to Pastor Cameron yesterday. I feel like the Lord wants to release a word over you both. And I feel like this is part of this message to this church, to this congregation, but also to the two of you as pastors. Because this is, represents a season where now you're going to begin to step out of the boat. And I want to ask you just to stand up. And I want to ask Don and Jackie and, and Cameron and Kathy, just let's gather around them. And I feel like the Lord is saying to you both that, well done. Well done, because the first step is the hardest step at times. Stepping out of what you know, what you thought your life would be. Stepping out of jobs and places of the comfort zone and all those different things to step into what God is leading you now into. And now you're doing it, but there's going to come a place a few years down the road where you're going to be a few, we're going to be, you're going to, the boat's going to be far, far behind. You're going to look around and you're going to go, ah, what have I done? Cameron, where are you? <laughs> he's going to be like, no, he's like, no take backs. <laughs> and you find yourself out further away from the comfort zone, further away from what you know. And that's the place where I hear the Lord giving you a word And the word is this, keep your eyes firmly on Jesus. Don't get distracted to the right. Don't get distracted to the left. Don't get distracted by the chaos. Don't get distracted even by the success. Because there are two distractions that oftentimes cause us to sink. One is the chaos and the problems and the trials and the tribulations. That's one. But the other is the success and the growth and the fruit. And you're going to experience growth. You're going to experience fruit. You're going to experience uh, multiplication in this place. But with multiplication, oftentimes comes distraction. And I just hear the Lord saying to you both that as you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to walk above that that which is natural. And there's going to come a supernatural 
ooh, mm, supernatural increase and a supernatural multiplication over this house. And I just feel just as, as, as Kaleo and, hey, anything that we have received, I just feel to release that. Everything we've received, hey, from the underground church and multiple different nations from, from Zhangrong Liang and Brother Yuan, the leaders of the Fusheng Network of churches in China, leaders in the Middle East, and leaders who've carried great revival, who've seen explosions of house churches. He said, what we've received from Heidi and Roland and hey, and others that have leaders of true, true apostles. Lord, I ask that you would just release that on them. Multiply, multiply. Multiply the grace, the grace that they have received from you. Fire on them, God. Release over them, God, a new level of your anointing. Everything they need for this season, everything they need. And when you find yourself 20 yards from the boat, I hear the Lord just speaking this word in advance, saying, fix your eyes on Jesus. And trust that if you ever find yourself where you feel you're sinking, his hand will be there in that moment. Do not fear. For the Lord says he will never let you go and he won't let you sink and he won't let you fail. Keep your eye on him. Cry out to him at all times. And as you fix your eye on Jesus, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus, that hope, that grace of the Lord will keep you walking above it all, above the chaos, above the confusion. Who keep your eyes on Jesus in all times. What I hear the Spirit saying over both of you is that with this change also comes an increase of authority. Authority in the Spirit. That as He calls you to step more into chaotic situations, you're going to have to trust the authority He's given you to calm the storms. Don't back up. Step into it. And trust the authority that he is bestowing upon you as you keep saying yes and you keep going forward. Just as Jesus calmed the storm and it amazed his disciples and it forced them to look at him in a different way because they realized that, that, that he walked in an authority that they never even dreamed of. And the Lord is imparting to you an increased authority to step into the chaotic situations of life and be able through the peace, the Prince of Peace, to calm the storms. And I hear the Lord calling you into a place of rest, and that seemed like a funny thing to me. But I realized that we misinterpret rest as inactivity. He's calling you to deeper activity but deeper rest in him, that he's got this. He's got this. He's got this. And so when you look around and you're 20 yards from the boat, remember, he's got this because he's got your hearts. He's got your hearts. And that's what matters most. Deeper Yeah, Lord, we just bless Bill and Marilee as they make this step, Lord, and and uh, maybe a little fear, but there's also excitement. 
Lord, I just bless the excitement. I bless the vision. I pray that you'd open their eyes to see, Lord, the, the horizon that you have in front of them and, Lord, the adventures that you're calling them into and the, 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 the rewards that, that uh, they, they will see with their own eyes, uh, lives transformed, families restored, yeah, bodies healed, uh, Lord, that, that uh, it is a good thing. And we just bless them as they take this step into uh, this increased role of, of becoming lead pastors in a few weeks. <laughs> you have, we just recognize the calling on you and, and we, we pray, Lord, that they would, they would do it with, with vigor, Father. They would do it with faithfulness. They'd also do it with fun, Lord. Hallelujah. When uh, Jackie was saying about rest, and then I just remembered Jesus slept, was famous for sleeping in a boat during a storm too. Yep. So that even in, you know, even then, you can take a nap sometimes in the middle of the chaos, and it's okay because he's good. Father, we bless him. Just extend your hands toward him. Father, we just declare the blessing of the Lord God over them, the anointing, the grace from heaven. The mantle that comes only from God, that cannot be given by any man, but has to come from the Lord himself. Lord, give them everything they need. Who, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Wow. So that was the introduction. <laughs> So walking by faith means stepping out and stepping out of the boat, just as, as Peter did. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith, do you know faith is substantial? Faith has a substance. It's It's tangible. Um, one of the things I, I've learned over the years in preaching in many different places is that you can feel in, in the atmosphere whether there is faith or not. Because when people come together and they have faith, there, there is, the, 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 we collectively begin to walk on the water. We collectively begin to walk above that which is, is normal, above that which we, we expect. Faith is an expectation. It says now faith is, is the substance of things hoped for. It also says now faith. Do you know faith is for now? Faith is not just for the future. You know, we, we, we preach the saving faith. Saving faith, meaning that we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and that, uh, that provides us with a hope for eternity. That is the power of the gospel. But do you know that hope for eternity is, it starts now. That's why he starts it this way. He says, now faith, this reality of heaven, the reality of our salvation, this reality of walking with Christ starts in the here and the now. And yes, it ends in eternity, but it starts here and now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith enables us to look beyond the impossible and take hold of the reality of the unseen kingdom of God. It enables us, when we walk by faith, when we live by faith, to see beyond that which we can see. You know, the first night I shared about vision and seeing, being able to see, uh, see by faith. 
Faith, by its very nature, means taking a hold of that which we can't see. But it's still yet, it's, it's substantial. And as we take a hold of that faith and we look beyond that which is natural, that which we can see in the moment, it gives us the ability then to see things the way God sees them and the reality of how he desires to invade that particular situation. And it's for here, it is for now. Faith creates a pull on God's goodness. Peter's faithfulness to step out of the boat, even though Jesus rebuked him and slapped him around a little bit and said, oh, ye of little faith. He also, Jesus was pulled by Peter's decision to step out. Do you know? He wasn't going to say, well, yeah, Peter, you of little faith. See you in eternity. Glug, 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 glug. The reality is when we step out in faith, even if we just have the faith of a mustard seed, like what Jesus said, the tiniest little measure of faith, and we step out and we fail. We step out and we start to sink immediately. That faith of doing, the, of wanting to obey God no matter what the cost actually creates a, it creates a demand on heaven. It pulls on God. And here's the thing. God wants us to pull on him with faith. God invites us into that place. Think of the story of the Samaritan woman. I'm not sorry, not the Samaritan woman. The woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood, she was not in the right time or not in the right season. And she sees Jesus walking. Jesus is walking through the crowd, walking through the marketplace. And, and this is my interpretation of, I think, what happened. She sees Jesus, and he's about to pass her by. And she's like, I'm not letting this guy pass me by. I've heard about him. And she starts going through. She wasn't even supposed to be there touching people because if she touched people, they would become unclean. And so I think she was there, and I think she was aggressive. I think she was throwing elbows. I think she was knocking people down. I think she was like, I got to get to Jesus. I got to get to Jesus. And somehow as she's walking along, she reaches out and she takes hold of the hem of his garment. My personal interpretation, I, I think she just about yanked his shirt off. <laughs> Jesus is walking, all of a sudden, whoop, and he felt power go out of him in that moment. He said, somebody touched me. Now, Jesus is surrounded by people. People were touching him all the time, but they weren't touching him with faith. But the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out to him, and she touched him by faith. And as she reached out and touched him by faith, it created a pull that was even surprising to Jesus. Didn't catch him off guard because he knows everything, but in the same time, he was surprised by what? By her faith and the demand she put on his presence. He turned, he says, somebody touched me. Think about that. Somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. The reality of faith is it actually touches the heart of God. God wants us to touch his heart. We can reach out and touch hold of his heart when we are willing to step out in faith and do radical things of childlike obedience. And we say, God, I, I want you. I want you. I'm going to grab a hold of you and I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go until I encountered you as you really are. Walking by faith oftentimes means that we put a demand on heaven with now faith. And we said, God, I want to reach out and touch you. And the, the reality is that touches the heart of the Father. He wants us to want him. He wants us to desire him. And as we reach out to touch hold of him, 
His power flows in greater ways than we've ever imagined. So many stories you look in the scriptures of people that, that just simply grabbed a hold of Jesus and wouldn't let him go. And Jesus, instead of rebuking them for making a scene or for probably almost ripping the hem of his garment off, he says, you have faith. See, faith causes us to, to reach out and do seemingly crazy things, to step out of that which we know and follow him into the realm of the unknown. The walk of faith is simply a walk of following Jesus in everything, or following Jesus and honoring him in everything we do. And it's substantial. It creates within us, it creates within us a relationship that changes everything, changes everything in our hearts. And what I believe the Lord is saying tonight, here and now for you, is he's inviting you to step out of the boat. Maybe you need a healing like the woman with the issue of blood. Maybe you're like Peter. And you're there in what you know. Peter's a fisherman. He knew boats. And you're in a storm in your life, and you're looking out, and you're seeing Jesus, and you're saying, I want to follow him no matter what the cost, and I want to step out of what I know. Are you willing? Maybe you need a healing. Maybe you need a miracle in your life tonight. This is not a night for passive faith. Many people have passive faith. Passive faith really is, is actually no faith. Pa passive faith, can you imagine the story of the woman? Sadly, think about the story of the woman with the issue of blood. She almost, she could have missed it. She could have sat there and said, well, there goes Jesus. I'll wait for the next time he comes. I'll wait for the next revival meeting. I'll wait for the next thing. Maybe if, God, if it's God's will, he'll heal me. But that woman said, no, 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 no. I'm going to find, I'm going to grab a hold of Jesus because I see him passing by. And I'm not going to let this opportunity go. But that is faith. I want to encourage you, if you need a healing, if you need a miracle in your body, then you need to rise up and allow faith to rise up in you. But you need to get a little bit aggressive. You need to get a little bit aggressive in the spirit and say, I am not going to be content watching Jesus walk by. And yes, thank God he's healing other people. I give glory to God for that, but I want it too. You see people being called by God, stepping into their calling, stepping into their purpose. I want to tell you, it's okay to have a holy jealousy. Not a jealousy meaning that you, you want what they have, but you want him. And what you see him do in them or someone else, what you see him do in us, what you, the stories you've heard, the miracles you've heard, we don't tell you these stories just so that you can say, wow, look at what God is doing. I tell it to you to make you jealous. Because if God can do it with me, if God can do it with us, he can definitely do it with you. And if you are willing to step out of the boat and follow him into the storm and say, God, what I've heard you do, what I've read you do, or that you do in the word, what I've seen you do in these other crazy people, God, do it in me. Do it in me. That's what it means to live by faith. It means you look and you see something that you've, you've never seen maybe manifested in your own life, whether it be healing, whether it be a miracle, whether it be a, the call or the purpose of God. Maybe you've never seen it manifested in your life, and you look and you see, and you say, that can happen. I'm going to grab a hold of that by faith. That's what it means to walk by faith. Looking beyond that which you can see and beyond the natural and say, I'm going to grab a hold of something that I know exist. I know God can do, but I've never yet seen in my own life.
Are you willing to walk by faith? Are you hungry? Are you willing to, to know him in a deeper way? I want to invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to, do a few, we're going to do a few things. I believe the Lord is inviting you to step out of the boat. And I feel like tonight, I was talking to Bill and Mary Lee, that Mary, Mary, Mary Lee, Mary Lee, I keep saying Mary Lou. I keep thinking Mary Lou. It's not Mary Lou. Mary Lee. Mary, Lee. Mary, Mary. I'm going to go with Mary. <laughs> we have a Mary Lou. I have like several Mary Lou's in my church back home. I was talking, we were talking to them and we are discussing that maybe there's going to be some people here tonight that want to get baptized, that are going to give their hearts to Jesus, step out of the boat of what you know, and are going to get baptized tonight. There's still water. And it looks fairly clean. <laughs> There's water, and I think there may be people tonight who say, you know, I've been running from God, and I'm done. I've been in the boat. I've been in the boat of what I, of, of religiosity. I've been in the boat of what I know, the boat of what I'm comfortable with, and I know Jesus is asking me to walk by faith and to step out of the boat and follow him into the realm of the unknown. Today, that's for you. So today, I'm going to give two altar calls. First, if you are hungry to serve God and walk by faith and you need the fire, you need the, the baptism of fire on your life and you want to serve him, you want to step out of the boat and walk by faith, you're a believer, you know God and you're saying, I want to walk by faith, I want to live by faith, I want to invite you to come and we want to pray for you we want to pray, and we want to pray for the fire of the Lord to touch you. Hey, and I believe the Lord wants to Bring healing where healing's needed. The Lord wants to empower you to be able to walk in a way you've never walked before. So if you're hungry to do that, come. Come to the front. Just come right here, right now. And in just a minute, we're going to call anyone that's never been born again or you want to get born again. I want to call you guys in just a minute. But first, all the ones that are here that are saying, I want it. I want to walk by faith. I want to live by faith. I'm done with the boat. I'm done with what I know or what I think I know. I want to live by faith in him. Just come and just raise up your hands. Yeah, and let's just make room. And so these front two rows, let's just stack them on the edge here. And we need a larger altar space. And if there are any catchers, any catchers in the house, you guys just make a line. We're just going to pray. I want to invite the ministry team from the church and Kaleo team and pastors from the from new day we're going to lay hands and we're just going to pray for you guys and this is not an impartation from any person but there is something that god himself wants to do in your life if you're willing there's a call to not settle for less there's a call to hey take the kingdom of god by force the bible says the kingdom of god suffers violence and the violent what they take it by force I need Jesus. I don't know about you. I need him. And whenever I feel his presence, I want to reach out and grab him. I don't want to miss him. So this is not a moment for passive faith. This is a moment to reach out and grab a hold of Jesus. So right here, right now, just raise up your hands and just say, Lord Jesus, today I choose to step out of the boat, to step out of my comfort zone, to step out of what I know and follow you into the realm of the unknown.
in Jesus' name, I reach out and touch the hem of your garment. I grab a hold of you. And I, gra- and I want to put a demand on you by faith. In Jesus' name.